proclaimed that Monday was our was the new podcast day. I think people like that. I think people like the Monday. Well, I mean, start off the week right with some beers and beards podcast. I've been listening to a, a bunch of new podcasts this week. Yeah. Um, Any shout outs? Been a little quieter at work. Yeah. So uh, one that I was listening to today. Um, it's called. Uh, let me get it right. Bean to Barstool. And then you put by that on David our Nelson. Uh, Instagram, which will be gone by yes. the time this comes out. Yeah. You posted it. Yeah. Um, I if if you go on our Twitter, um, check them out. But basically, he is a beer educator. He is a cicerone, which is like a sommelier, but for beer. Um, he does a bunch of uh, like beer education classes and things like that. And um, I guess he also recently has been getting into uh, chocolate. So like bar chocolate recently um so he decided to come up with a podcast that kind of talks about the similarities uh, and the differences between beer and uh chocolate the the first episode is awesome it talks about how it's something we've kind of talked about um throughout the weeks in how people's palates are different and it's a lot of it is based on how your uh your palate is so much based on your like history and you know, when you taste something, it brings brings back memories and things like that. And talked about how you can change your palate and train your palate to um, come up with new adjectives. Um, it's a very, very nerdy if you're into, like, drinking and, and kind of the, the science behind it. But uh, check it out. I think there's four episodes up now um, on all your podcast players. Uh, Bean to Barstool by David Nelson. Were you a picky eater? He's, he's an Ohio guy. Was I what? Were you a picky eater growing up? Um, only, only, and we've kind of talked about this for um, before, but only for like a few specific things I don't like. Like, and I still really don't like ricotta cheese. So, so you don't um, eat calzones? Any, like, no, not really. Specifically on like lasagna, I don't like like the layer of ricotta cheese on lasagna this is the last beer and beards podcast (laughs) because i don't know it just says always and the more that i've had like good ricotta um my mom's not listening but she would always make like the stofers frozen lasagna which had like that ricotta on it which is not very good um that was like my entry into it so i think like a lot of things like once you have a good version of something, um, then you become more, you appreciate it more, even if it's not your favorite thing. Um, like, I'm not a big carrot person, but if they're prepared well and prepared, you know, correctly, I can enjoy some carrots. Um, I think for a lot of people, like, beer is a kind of an acquired taste. Really good high in coffee for a lot of people. You know, people that don't like coffee, but then you have, like, a good, like, you know, high-end, you know, fresh ground bean coffee. Um, that could change your life. You can get away from all that Starbucks crazy pumpkin spice latte, which we'll talk about maybe in a little bit. I mean, you're you're part of the pumpkin craze. You've already documented around this podcast. You Pumpkin craze tonight, man, drinking a pumpkin beer. How dare you? It's September. It's still summer, dude. Well, 
It's always pumpkin season. I, you know, and you know what? Let's, since I'm already drinking my beer, let's do the beer. All right. Before before we get, we get into the, the Civil War reenactment team that we're about to join and the historic <laughs> beers and beards. Um, surprisingly, didn't really have a lot of comments about the the World War II last week. But uh, I hope uh, people enjoyed. I don't it. know how many people got that far in the podcast. Yeah. Um, but this week, uh, beers brought to you by Audible. AudibleTrial.com forward slash beers and beards. Uh, get a free thirty day trial uh, and free audiobook. And uh, this might be the last week that uh, Audible is our sponsor. We might have a new sponsor next week, um, but we'll let you know. But I gotta still give you a book recommendation this week. I'm actually currently uh, reading. Uh, it's called Billion Dollar Ball. Uh, since college football is coming out, just talks about like the crazy, um, the the monetary side, the the financial side of how crazy college sports, specifically college football, has gotten. So if you're into kind of the nerdy business side of college sports. It's a really good book, and it's almost it's written from um, a guy who I think is a fan, but he's not like a hardcore fan. Um, so definitely worth checking out. But uh, get that book or any audio book and a thirty day free trial. AudibleTrial dot com forward slash beers and beards, and I'll keep that up on my website. Even if we don't um, shout it out every week on MMAMcKinney dot com. Uh, got the link right there, 30-day free trial, uh, which is a great place to go to see all of our past uh, beers and bourbons that we've had. But uh, this week, I am drinking a collaboration between two Cincinnati favorites, and I'm ready for fall. Fall is my favorite season, so I start drinking Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers like August 1st or as soon as they come out. I know some people, they can't handle that, but... Uh, I'm a pumpkin guy, specifically pumpkin pie. And when this beer came out, I was, you know, I knew I was going to go crazy for it. So, Frisius has the best pumpkin pie in the world, maybe the universe. I haven't had the pumpkin pie on Mars yet. But <laughs> so, Taft's Brewing uh, came up with a collaboration of Taft's Frisius Pumpkin Pie Ale. So it's an ale brewed with uh, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg. And the key for any good pumpkin beer, and I, I'm surprised not enough do this. So there's a pumpkin beer and then there's a pumpkin pie beer. For me, pumpkin pie means a dollop of Cool Whip on top of it. So you got to have that vanilla and lactose in there to have that smooth, creamy finish. And that's what they did with this one. I've already had it a couple times, so I'm going to drink it again. I'm going to give you my flavor, taste. And uh, let you know how I, how I like it. Slurp it, baby. <sighs> then you get a big hit, big hit of cinnamon on it, and uh, cinnamon and nutmeg definitely. And the good thing, uh, the thing I like about it is the beer is just a nice, smooth, just you know, regular ale. It's nothing too crazy. The beer doesn't try to be super high alcohol or anything like that. Um, I think this one is 6%, so it's a nice, like, if you have a, a handful of these, you're going to be feeling pretty good, but it's one of them is not going to get you drunk. And it's not a really sweet, not a really spicy, just a perfect blend and balance of everything that you want in the perfection that is pumpkin pie. 
specifically uh, Frisch's pumpkin pie. I can't do this one came out good. Anything. You're not a pumpkin pie guy. No. Oh, if I don't get, I usually my birthday's in October, and instead of cake, I usually request pumpkin pie. I can't, man. It's right around the pumpkin pie season. It's not. I don't know. I can't do pumpkin roll, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice, pumpkin seeds. See, I don't even the, like carving the problem with <laughs> the problem with most pumpkin is that people throw tons and tons of sugar in it, like pumpkin spice latte loaded with sugar. Um, and also, it's a fake pumpkin flavor. Pumpkin roll, so much sugar, so overly sweet that like it's hard to drink a lot of times. You got to have a nice mix of the sweet and and the spice. Uh, with that like savory uh, flavor from the pumpkin, that's the big key too. People don't realize that pumpkin is actually, you know, pretty pretty savory. Um, and I think pumpkin could be used a lot more in um, more like savory dishes. Um, but people love to like load sugar. I was listening uh, to that podcast today. Um, and they were saying, you know, for example, cinnamon in America, people use cinnamon and they add sugar to it. So most people, when they think of the cinnamon flavor, they think of, um, they think of, of sweet, but in like Indian and Moroccan dishes, cinnamon is used with savory as a savory spice. So it's hard to like retrain your brain to think of savory when you usually get so much sweetness from pumpkin. Or pumpkin things, pumpkin flavored things. A lot of times, what you're probably getting is is the sugar or the spice, and not really the pumpkin. Yeah, I don't know. This I just never. Though. My palate never took a liking to. Uh... You're not going to do a pumpkin pie bourbon on the show. I don't know if there is any pumpkin bourbon. I feel like it. Oh, there should it be. Would probably be garbage if there was. Pumpkin whiskey, the peanut butter. What was it? Peanut butter whiskey mm-hmm. that people are freaking out about. Um, it's basically like the new fireball. I was at, uh, jungle gyms this past weekend and saw a huge display of the peanut butter whiskey. (laughs) I haven't tried it. It sounds disgusting. I love peanut butter and I I am starting to like whiskey, but I'm not really a big fan of like flavored whiskeys. While we're talking about beer, David, one of the things that came up this week, Surly Brewing Company to close its destination beer hall in Minneapolis. Now, we've talked about supporting craft beer and the small business aspect of things because of the way uh, we've talked about the quality of ingredients, but we support good humans, right? Like that's the the human aspect of all this is what, yeah. what makes it worse. So. Uh, they're going to close down. The owner said, this is from the owner, the COVID restrictions had made it unprofitable and he was closing the plant. The employees, on the other hand, had announced that they had formed or they were planning to form a union. And I think their belief is their eagerness or their desire to form this union caused the owner to say, basically, fuck it and shut down. What's your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to say that it that that's not part of the uh, COVID's a, an the amazing I mean, excuse for things in 2020 right now. 
Yeah, and I completely, you know, I don't doubt that they're having issues with, um, you know, sales in the tap room and and sales of beer. On you know, food was a big part of their, a big part of their program. They said that their, uh, their on-site beer and food uh, sales were down eighty-two percent, which yeah, that's probably true for everybody. Mm-hmm. the The big thing though, if you look at it, uh, they apparently received a, a PPP loan of between two and five million dollars. Holla so, at your boy. Yeah, that weren't uh, those to to keep payroll going? Isn't that wasn't that the uh, that's the, the whole idea? You didn't have yeah. to pay it back if you used it towards your payroll. True. So, how how do they justify, um, you know, 150 people aren't going to be, I don't know, I didn't do the math, but that seems like it should sustain 150, 150 people for, for a little while, <laughs> at least. Um, yeah. Because these are, these are not necessarily high-paid workers. These are restaurant worker, you know. Servers, bartenders, people that are probably making minimum wage and getting paid tips on top of it. And, uh, yeah, that just is hard to, uh, I think, uh, I think we're probably going to end up seeing a lot more come out about this. Um, the, uh, workers already ha- have a Twitter account, uh, Surly workers where they've been tweeting out, um, basically that all the employees, I think on Monday got a letter and that it was not expected like the owners had already had still been hiring people within the last like week or two weeks hiring mm. new people if you're having discussions about shutting down you're probably not hiring new people so all the signs point to this being a retaliation and it sounds like they're going to end up getting sued uh by their workers which is um i mean yeah if you you know practice shitty business practices um, you know, there's, there's no loyalty between, uh, you know, the, it, it's kind of the, the way that our country seems to continue to be going with companies just having zero loyalty to their employees. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, because if they did decide to close, uh, based on, you know, their employees telling them that they were going to form a union, that would be illegal and they would, they're going to have to show, um, that they've been having discussions about this. Uh, for longer than since a couple of days ago. <laughs> and I mean, I, granted, they might have been having the discussions. And, and it, it honestly, the the truth is probably somewhere in, in between. Of They might have said, hey, you know, if things keep going this way, we might end up having to close because they have this massive beer hall that holds, you know, I think the fire code said up to 1,800 people or something crazy like that can fit in this place. So this place is huge. Um, and... Yeah, I mean it's I don't know. It's it goes to show you with, you know, with businesses too, like you have to not only recession proof your business but have some sort of plan and not not throw all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> so many businesses it seems like they don't have a backup plan for when for when shit hits the fan. Yeah. They say this is the one way that we're going to go and and we don't have a backup, you know. We don't have any anywhere that we're going to pivot. We're just going to go straight forward and uh yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's the hospitality business is brutal anyway, and yeah, and also in Minneapolis, like that's not a good place to be right now. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? 
Like that area of the country is just ripe with uh, sorrow. So yeah, I mean there there's been a lot. I mean yeah they there have been you know protests and riots and things like that going on. Um, it's probably going to end up being ground zero during the election <laughs> coming up. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's interesting seeing, seeing a place like that and a place that's, you know, even, you know, craft breweries, you know, craft breweries, I think a lot of times, um, and I was thinking about this earlier of places that, you know, try to get too big. And we've seen this in the MMA community too, right? We talk about this all the time where, we have a few promoters that we knew that had a little bit of success and they tried to, you know, make that one big leap and they got in over their head. You know, they jump off the diving board and they can't swim, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to get saved um, or go, go bankrupt know, or drown. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it seems like a lot of breweries do that. And I was thinking today specifically how lucky we are, I think, in Cincinnati of breweries that are aggressive enough to to continue to grow but they all have multiple streams of revenue for example ryan guys has a huge tap room but also a ridiculous you know off-premise sales of their in tons of grocery stores um you know that their growth and expansion has been um multimodal through different avenues revenue streams things like that and they've continue to be as far as i know they've continued to be successful through this pandemic um and they continue to treat their employees well they're actually doing a uh, employee stock purchase uh uh, plan so they'll be employee owned within the next year or so mad tree brewing is a very similar case where they have a massive tap room that they spent i think it was 18 million dollars on like four years ago and um you can imagine the overhead in a place like that and how many employees they have. And they were, you know, completely closed down for a while, but, um, they continue to, I think as best as you can weather the storm and, um, again, still continue to treat their employees well. Um, so it seems like for me looking at a, you know, kind of a national story like this and bringing it home to my local area, it's, you know, I'm very grateful for, you know, to live in an area where um, most of the breweries seem to be doing, you know, doing kind of the opposite of, of what Surly is doing. And, and I couldn't imagine um, this happening here locally. Um, again, you always say you can't imagine it happening until it does, right? So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about some it's good news. We both have jobs, so that's a positive for right now. And next month it's our birthday. Not we don't sh- we yeah. don't share a birthday, but it's in the same month. Um, and as of yesterday, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon is out. It's the twentieth year they've done it. Uh, and so, looking through the bourbon news, there's a lot of talk and and even. An article I've got pulled up here that says Old Forester's birthday bourbon might just be the new Pappy Van Winkle. Mm. Uh, so Old Forester's been around for 150 years, which is crazy to me. Um, and it's a, 
Like when you think about historically, like we talked about World War Two, this is older than World War Two. This company, uh, yeah, you know, it's been been putting it out. The it's ninety eight proof. Um, I think this is a twelve year old. Let me think. I think this. I think this year's the twentieth is as a twelve year old. And what they're saying is, Pappy is one. It's a good bourbon. So I assume Old Forsters is a good bourbon. But the scarcity of the bourbon itself is what drives that intrigue, demand, all that. Yeah. Like you, we've talked about. That. You want yeah. what you can. The rarity have. of it. And so the the birthday bourbon. Released yesterday, and they're saying if you can find it, it the retail on the birthday bourbon, David, if you're lucky enough to to buy it retail, hundred twenty nine dollars, hundred thirty, hundred twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, but wow. they say you'll never see it this at at this price. Uh, some states will hold on to a few bottles um, and save it for like the holiday seasons, but it or they'll do the the lotteries like you've done to to win Pappy, but. Um, and it's funny because the the guy from uh, Old Forsters, his quote is, we actually want people who are going to drink this and enjoy this, not flip it. So I think the bourbon industry is super aware of the secondary market <laughs> that, that, that yeah. becomes. And they've created that themselves. You know, we, we've talked a lot about how they export so much of it. And then it's, you know, bourbon went from being in the 90s to – obscure to like the thing right you know we we do a podcast about craft beer and bourbon and those are like the two forefronts of the alcohol the, you know if you think of any of the spirits like that's that's what's driving the market right now so do you think we can get a hold of a bottle of uh birthday uh old forester birthday bourbon so <laughs> last I don't know. Ohio does their uh, um, raffle in January, and it's usually Pappy, I think Blanton's, and I want to say, I don't know if this Old Forester is part of it or not, but I think I might figure it out. I mean, it's usually, like I said, it's usually gone before um, before it even hits the shelves, but one thing we might be able to get is... Goose Island is releasing the Bourbon County brand stout, the Old Forester uh, birthday bourbon. The stout aged in the barrels from last year, the birthday bourbon from 2019. That might be it, but that doesn't come out until November, Black Friday. So, I mean, no offense, but i I don't want I don't want my Old Forester experience <laughs> to come from a beer. It's not the same day. I would be curious to try. I would be really curious to have something like that and try, you know, get like a bottle of 2019 and then have the beer and see what, you know, what we can taste from the beer and from the bourbon. See if we can get similar, uh, similar, uh, flavors, similar notes out of both of them. We need to find something like that where we have a beer, we find a beer and, that is aged in a specific type of uh, barrels, and try try also the the same bourbon. I'm down for that. If you have any ideas, 
if you have any ideas of, of that, let us know. I've seen a couple beers, um, like I know Against the Grain in Louisville had a beer that was aged in Pappy Barrels. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we will be in Louisville in a couple weeks. i got to get some Against the Grain beer for us to try on that show. Yeah. Well, I, Three weeks. Shout out to Matt McCarthy. I know you're listening. Um, he's got a... He said his go-to is Old Granddad. I thought it was... Right, is that what he said? Forster. Old That's for- his daily drinker. Yeah. So, I don't know that I've... You know, now that I'm, we've been searching it out, I'm starting to come up on some new bourbons other than just my basic Kroger run. Maker's Mark. Yeah. Basil Eagle Rare if they have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've become, you know, way more um, just aware of everything, like all the bourbon raffles. I sent you this week. Uh, our old friends, Newberry Brothers Coffee, did a huge bland. They're doing a huge bland's. Uh, raffle where you can win like was it eight nine bottles of Blanton's, um, basically every Blanton's very variant that they've released in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've become way more aware of. Have you become more aware of beer? Yes, I've noticed like at in my small little slice of the world. Not much craft beer offerings. Does that surprise you? Like at the grocery yeah, store, like you at mean? Kroger, like there's no. There, the selection is super slim. Now it does take up more real estate than it, than I can ever remember. Um, but when you're looking at it, it's like a corner, a corner shelf, and then a a wall of domestic stuff, basically. Yeah. Well, and still you have to remember, too, that craft beer is still only, depending on where you are, 15 to 20% of all beer sales. So you're only going to get 15 to 20% in a in a place like a grocery store of, this, of the space dedicated to, um, to craft beer. If you go to a craft beer specialty store, um, which is like a lot of, you know, I, I frequent a couple of different places like that, the whole place is going to be craft beer where they might have, it might be flip-flopped, it might be 85% craft beer, and then 10 to 15% domestic, like Bud Light and stuff like that, if they even carry that. Um, I've been to places that don't even carry, you know, Bud Light and and, and Miller Light and, and Corona. Um, Just Corona? Yeah. So, do you think, what do you, how do you think their sales have been in this oddly named pandemic? Um, actually, so... There been so it, it didn't have Corona, but Corona, um, the last I checked, um, their sales actually were slightly up. Um, but the area where so Corona is made like just across the border in Mexico. Oh, not Canada. Um, it's not a Canadian beer. I thought it was bottled, <laughs> but it's made just across those. the border. And the town where they live is like super, like it's in the or not where they live, where they make it is basically in the desert and they take up like over half of the town's water supply. (laughs) But I know at one point that, um, the local authorities had, they closed down the, the, um, the plant where they, the brewery where they actually were making Corona. So, um, 
But yeah, speaking of how um, we, our old friends, Stone, um, they seem to be struggling. Uh, so Brian Roth on Twitter, who is um, like a, he's a guy who talks about um, like the finances of beer. He's on uh, goodbeerhunting.com. Um, but on Twitter, he talked about how Stone has been doing some dumb stuff recently and um, releasing like bottles with upside down labels and um, suing small breweries, which we talked about multiple times. Um, but they just seem to be having really interesting, odd kind of like marketing um, like ploys. And in the last 12 weeks, ending August 23rd, Stone IPA, which is their flagship, down 9%. Ooh. So someone was like, so someone on Twitter came back to him and said, okay, that's funny. Now do all of the other uh, national brewery with their flagship beer. And they're up. And so, <laughs> so I'm going to run through some of these because these are all other great options if you don't want to drink Stone. And tell us which ones you've had. Uh, <laughs> actually... I will tell you most of them. Um, even my wife, uh, she said she said that I, that she had thought last week that I had fifteen out of fifteen of the uh, must try must try IPAs. It was only thirteen, so she was. Um, but anyway, so Cigar City High Lie, uh, nineteen up nineteen point seven percent had that. Bell's Two Hearted, another great IPA, up sixteen percent. Sam Adams, of course, Boston Lager, up eleven percent. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, up 9.6. Uh, Odell IPA, I've not actually had that one, up 6%. New Belgium Fat Tire, up 4.2. Uh, Trogues Perpetual IPA, up 3%. Sweetwater 420 Pale Ale, up 1.4. Uh, Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale, which we had on the show, up 1.1. The Shoots Fresh Squeeze, I've had that, up 0.8. And then Bear Republic Racer 5, which I have not had. Um, is down 1.8 stone down nine down nine percent what are they what are they doing wrong being assholes i don't know (laughs) yeah it's almost like uh people will pay attention to stuff like that right it's crazy man that whole like when you're in a community of like-minded people and you share the passion for craft beer bourbon anime whatever it is one bad apple is going to get the wrath of the whole group. Like they will, groups like that, yeah. you know, these niche groups that we seem to find ourselves in, we really do yeah. eat our own. Like that's just how <laughs> well, it is. And, and I think that that kind of has to be the way that it is because people realize these are such a ni- like niche or niche uh, kind of subcultures. And if one if they see a one representative doing, you know, things that they don't think represent the group as a whole, they're going to be harder on, on kind of their own than they, than they would be on someone that's not part of the group. Right. So they, they don't want that sort of sub, the, they don't want them, that group to represent the, the subculture as a whole. Um, people in craft beer don't want breweries that have, sexual assault allegations of their owners or they don't treat their employees right. They don't, that doesn't represent what craft beer is about to the people within the community. 
and they will basically expel them. And I honestly think that that's, that's pretty healthy. Um, some people could say that that's like almost cultish, but in groups like, I don't know, but it seems to be in, in a weird kind of way. MMA is like the opposite. I think the people that are, are that represent MMA like negatively are almost embraced more. Yes. Like think about like Jason Mayhem Miller yes. who just got arrested. He's been arrested again, committed how many felonies and still beloved in the MMA community. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that show he was on? John Jones with uh, Bully Beatdown. Yeah, that's right. Uh, John Jones, Chael Sonnen, all these people that <laughs> – I mean, I think it's that's almost like a um, – it's almost a rite of passage in MMA that you have to be kind of a POS to be part of the, <laughs> be part of the community and the culture. Um, and someone, I think, said, you know, other than – enjoying fights i really have nothing in common with the people who who enjoy mma (laughs) with the whole community um we've we've both i mean we joke about it you know amongst ourselves but there are some interesting characters that attach themselves to to the sport Uh, whether it be fans people inside the sport um and i guess you kind of have to be kind of have to have a, a little bit of a screw loose to uh to enjoy watching people you know get paid to beat each other up yeah there's definitely definitely a odd attraction to that especially do you remember i can remember early on 10 years ago like getting one wanting my friends so badly to to love mma as much as i did you know like i wanted i was pushing it like, hey, you need to check this out. You know, I would always try to take friends to events, and it very few of them, and, and most of my friends, as I'm sure yours too, diehard sports fans, but just yeah. weren't into MMA at all. Yeah, or casually into MMA. Yeah. You know, they they like when Chuck Liddell, when GSP would fight, yeah. or Chuck Liddell, or um, Brock Lesnar. Um, I always used to go to like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings and the crowd, depending on who was fighting was always so much different, especially like, like someone like Brock Lesnar, who has like that mainstream appeal. Um, like I went to, I just passed the 10 year anniversary of going to UFC 118 in Boston. And, um, the main event of that was Frankie Edgar and BJ Penn, but also on that card was Randy Couture versus James Tony was the coming event. And that was such an interesting crowd because you had, first of all, hardcore Boston fans. There was also a UFC fan expo back when those were a thing. Um, so you got, you know, hardcore, hardcore UFC fans that were there for the fan expo and to come to the event. You had hardcore, just Boston old school fight fans who, you know, grew up watching boxing and, and you know, on the South side and people like that. You had the crazy Frankie Edgar fans from right up the street in New Jersey. You had the BJ Penn who traveled as well as anybody um, in the history of MMA. I mean, you would see, like, at weigh-ins, like, he would get just, I mean, so many people, like, you know, traveling from all over the country. Um, and then Randy Couture was just a legend. And the people that James Tony brought in, the, the casual eyeballs, uh, and also just, I don't know that he necessarily brought in many boxing fans, but he brought in like definitely casual eyeballs. I think that 
for that event back in 2010 was the first event that like Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe ever talked about MMA or UFC. And it was because it was in Boston. It was because James Tony was on the card, um, which was, that was just such a, I think that that event in the history of MMA kind of gets overlooked as like how many different worlds collided in, in, in that one event. That's a good transition. Uh, we we talk have... about worlds colliding as we go into the bourbon portion of this. Oh yeah, I meant I'm really I'm really intrigued by this. I one. am too. Uh, so this week, our bourbon is brought to you by Beard Octane. As usual, I mean I don't know how much more I can I can tell you about this. If you're looking for Beard Balm, Butter, Cleanse Kits, Oil Supplements, whatever, whatever to make your beard awesome. Go to beardoctane.com. I personally use the product. I enjoy it. If you don't believe me, there's over 2,600 certified five-star reviews um, for this company. Free shipping on all orders over $75. And trust me, you'll want to get... what. Dip your toes in. Start light. Get you a oil and a balm. And then see... Just see how the beard world treats you. If you're if you're looking at growing out your manliness, <laughs> you're gonna to want to come back. I'm about to make my next order, probably within the next week or so. Um, I can touch the bottom I of saw the, the uh, tin for my beard my beard uh-huh. uh, balm. So I don't. I'm not an oil guy. I got you know the oil. They just sent it to me, but it, I, I haven't really used that. I'm not a not an oil guy, but. I saw the uh, the shipment went out this week. They filled up a whole like UPS truck, a, USPS truck. That is awesome. That is awesome. Support us. Support your beard. Go to beardoctane.com. Use promo code beers and beards ten. Save ten percent off. And get that beard kicking, bro. Last week we talked about what was it? The five bourbons everybody should have in their house. Yeah, six bottles or that you should have or something. One of those bottles was what I'm trying tonight. Wild Turkey's Long Branch, which is a collaboration with Matthew McConaughey. No shortage of celebrity shout-outs on this show. Uh, Matt was going to stop by. All people that we yeah, know. he was going to come in, give us a little background on this. But, uh, you know, he's busy right now. I can't, you know, can't travel. Um <laughs> What happened was, you know, they Matthew McConaughey is like a brand ambassador. I think it's probably the best way. He's a co co owner of Wild Turkey yeah. too. But I, you know, for his notoriety, I think that's, you know, uh, that's what that's his thing. Uh, he ser- he served as the brand's uh, creative director since 2016. Now this is a bourbon that came out in 2018, went hit retail shelves May 2018. Uh, price forty bucks, so this is one of those. It's not Jim Beam, uh, you know. This is one of those you want to try, but it's a, it's a collaboration between Matthew McConaughey and uh, Master Distiller Eddie Russell. And so when you get the bottle, it comes with like a little little booklet, David. I don't know if let me. Try. Oh, there's literature. Yeah, there's a little booklet here, and so when you oh, oh I love the I love the Basil Hayden's kind of has something like that too, yeah. right? Not a booklet, this but a booklet. it has like a little... It says, uh, 
has the lyrics to like it's the got two quotes album. one says because i wouldn't be here if it weren't <laughs> kentucky matthew mcconaughey and the other one says mm. me neither eddie russell so this is an eight-year-old bourbon it's not stated on the bottle but on the press release when it came out eight years so uh this is kentucky straight bourbon whiskey oak and texas mesquite charcoal refined now I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's going to be... Wild Turkey in itself is one of those... Wait for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. This has one of those wild smells. Like strong? No, like... Like different. real deep. Like strong, but it's got... Like a maybe a vanilla, maybe... I don't get the mesquite at all. I get like a nutty type, maybe. God, it smells so good, man. I think. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's let's pour us a little swig here. Now I, I always like bottle. reading the descriptions. You read it while I, while I work on this drink. This one says, uh, "You you mentioned refined with Texas mesquite and American oak charcoal." And it is described as an extraordinarily balanced and smooth sipping whiskey with subtle hints of smoky sweetness. I don't get any sweetness off the nose. But this is one like I, I immediately just want to just put it in my mouth. No homo. <laughs> We're going to cut that up. <laughs> I mean, to each his own. Out of the Dr. Pepper cup. I think it was Dr. Pepper Yep, Dr. Pepper. Dude, that is so good. Texas, Texas Brown. Ooh, so the palate is soft. The palate's pretty soft. Like it's not, it's not one of those that you're that's going to be hard to to swallow. Super light. Uh, you get that. You get the hint of like a little bit of that mesquite. A little like. You ever smoke anything on the grill and you use like yeah. wood chips? You get a little bit of that, but it's like offset by the oak and the, I don't know, the, I want to say vanilla. I, I mean, I really think it's like a vanilla type taste, like a swirl of flavors. But when the finish, not super strong. What did, I, I didn't read the proof. 86. 86. Oh, this is the sweet spot, man. That's the sweet spot. I might hit me another look at this. See, this one's interesting too because I know that a lot of people and you specifically stray away from wild turkey because it's so strong. It's yeah. Uh, so having that that option for the the bourbon drinker who wants something a little and I mean forty three percent alcohol is not light, but <laughs> someone it'll who get you drunk doesn't want a wild turkey wild turkey one hundred one. Right, so I've got like, I mean, bourbons go up to like, for example, I have a couple of new Rift bottles that are like one thirteen, one fourteen proof. Wow, man, that's so good. If you were here, we'd get drunk on this right now. Have the whole bottle. It's a, I mean, it's a fat boy bottle. I mean, seven hundred fifty milliliters. I do like the bottle. I like the it so. 
This uh, bourbon won 2020 double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition and 2019 gold where it got 90 points at the Beverage Testing Institute. You think Matthew McConaughey was like, hey, bro, 101 is just too powerful. We need to simmer (laughs) it down, chill, go with the flow. This seems to me like a – like I think Wild Turkey is one of those where that's like a – like I kind of a, like a gruff, like a, you know, this is like, you know, it tells me like I'm a badass, just, you know, and, and, and yeah, that raw, yeah, like it's a, and this seems like it's a little bit more refined. Like it's got a little, a little bit of class to sophisticated. it. Um, yeah, a little bit, a little more sophisticated. Matthew McConaughey puts his name on it. You do a little something special with the Oak and uh Texas mesquite charcoal refined. I love, so like, I love smoky thing like smoky beers and things like that and um where you get that like you know refined kind of like charred flavor um but I think not very many people do it well so this one sounds like it's it's done pretty well yeah I like it I'm interested in trying this one too you're gonna put it on the shelf yep I already put it on the shelf we got our both of our shelves are uh Continuing to grow. I got some larceny now. I, had, I was drinking some larceny earlier. Did you buy some or did you already have some? I got some. That's like, I mean, going back to that. But uh, I want to talk about something else too, That uh, something fun. Uh, again, we did a viewer's choice um, a couple weeks ago, a listener's choice. And I want to do something fun for um, just because, you know, this week we did have a Cincinnati brewery. Um, I drink probably half, if maybe a little bit more, Cincinnati beer. So I wanted to see which Cincinnati brewery that we haven't featured yet. Uh, the fans want me to drink one of the beers next week. So uh, check our Instagram starting Monday when this podcast is out, maybe Tuesday. We're going to have a little four-brewery tournament of Ooh. breweries that have not been featured yet. And uh, on next week's show... Uh, the winner, I uh, will drink a beer from that brewery. So the four breweries that are going to sh- square off are March 1st, which we had uh, March 1st bourbon uh, a couple weeks ago from Sycamore Distilling, but we have not had any other beers. Uh, Sonder, which is up in Mason, uh, produces uh, fantastic beer uh, day in and day out. Mad Tree, which this will be the second time that uh, Mad Tree's been in a tournament they lost. Came up just short against Ryan Geist on the last uh, Fans Choice and Streetside, which is my neighborhood brewery. And honestly, I'm surprised we've gotten how many of our episodes we're in. 18, and I have not had a Streetside beer yet. But uh, those four will uh, throw down next week, or I guess this week, to decide which beer which brewery will be featured on the show next week. Um, All four great choices. Um, I'll be happy with any of them. I'm just really curious to see who, uh, who the fans want, uh, want to drink. And we, you know, who the fans don't want to drink. We, uh, we had a little bit of fun with this earlier this week. We talked about Matthew McConaughey, Ryan Reynolds, George Clooney, making all bank. these celebrities, notoriety, making bank billions of dollars, right? Ever, it's like the hip thing to create a uh, a spirit that is 
um, celebrity endorsed. But when you get to your B and C list celebrities and D list, they also want to get in on the fun. That's right. right. So <laughs> that includes one Mr. Adam Carolla, who has his own uh, I winery, guess it's a wine cocktail. Um, but it sounds not very good. Um, if you go to their it site, it's like, like it's a been subscription very type service, right? Like you get maybe those, you can yeah. shop individually, but you can get like a, a mangria box. They do have a wine club. Yeah. Yeah. So Corolla drinks. The labels look like they are. My homebrew labels look better than these, <laughs> more professional than these. So, <laughs> uh, but his. Uh, core or like the the main thing that he has is called a mangria so i guess like a sangria but from for men from like the man show like what is sangria that's a fruity wine right or yeah it's like fruit and wine mixed which that's what wine is anyway but uh (laughs) yeah so he has a a mangria mangria original orange mangria brose Mangria, white, peach, and pear. And he has a Chardonnay and a Cabernet Sauvignon. I've had a Chardonnay. What of it? <laughs> What's that movie? I just think it's funny that... <laughs> I don't know. What? Come on now. It's funny seeing... Uh, it's, I just I just wanted to goof on Adam Carolla a little bit this week just because of... Uh, he's, an, he's an idiot. You don't... So the guy's on the witness stand. They ask him if he's been drinking. He says, I've had a Chardonnay. What of it? You don't know that movie. No. Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Oh, uh, is that um, when Stevie Shimmy's on the yes. stand? Yes, like the homeless guy. Yes. His character, he always plays, I always love that in all the Adam Sandler movies, he's always like the worst, the worst character. And he's like this serious actor who, uh, I think he has a, I think he might have a, Golden Globe or something from uh, earlier in his career. So he was but, in what, Fargo. Yeah. I think that was probably one of his like critically acclaimed. He did like Boardwalk Empire. He's good. Like I like Steve Buscemi. I'm down with him. Yeah. One thing we never talk about though, David, is what we watch. You know, I know sports are coming back, but like what, what, what populates Reservoir your Dogs? Netflix? Sorry. Yeah. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Just all of his movies. Yeah. What populates Netflix for me? Um, I honestly haven't really been watching. So I'm a big fan of, I was big on House of Cards when it first came out. You you are. Love that show. Kevin Spacey's Um, number one fan. Yes, I am. Um, I really, really enjoyed Ozark. I've been continue to enjoy it. Um, those are the big ones that I've mostly watched by myself. Um, oh, uh, Breaking Bad, but I'm I'm done with that. I've not gotten into Better Call Saul yet. I have. See, I I feel like I need to like carve out some time yeah. to watch, like just binge that. Yeah, I like I like Better Better Call Saul. I've heard it's better than some people say it's better than Breaking Bad. Um. I think I don't think you can. Obviously, you can't have one without the other. So, but those and then like the classics, like the comedies, like The Office, of course. Been through Parks and Rec. 
Uh, right now we're watching 30 Rock, which 30 Rock as a show has not held up compared to Parks and Rec and The Office. Really? Yeah, the, some of their uh, jokes just in 2020 don't work. Um, and it's it's interesting that uh, the world has changed so much. And they, they were such like a topical show too, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that they were necessarily designed to be shown like in perpetuity, uh, which is weird because Seinfeld was kind of that way too, right? So how many episodes of Seinfeld would not work in in twenty twenty? Like for me, just, it, all of them. <laughs> but in the nineties, like that was like the quintessential nineties show of like this is nineties culture. Um, but I feel like Thirty Rock is kind of that way too, where in the time that it was, it worked, but it was so topical and unique kind of that to that time that you had to like live in that era almost to really enjoy it. And even I was still, you know, it was like 2005 to 2010 or 11. So I was still in like my formative years. Um, (laughs) Young bastard. Yeah. (laughs) But that show I think hasn't held up as much as like, for example, Parks and Rec and, um, and the office, which, are topical, but they're more broad topics. I think that well, they're jokes. They're just, just general. They're so yeah. like slapstick type. You know, it'd be funny anytime. Now, granted, they can't say the things today on TV they said <laughs> then. But I read an article today, um, in the Benny Hanna Christmas episode, right? Yeah. Uh, Michael has two tickets to Sandals, Jamaica, and he sings Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise. That <laughs> cost NBC $60,000 to license that yeah, because they four-second clip yeah. of him singing it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because they he wasn't wasn't supposed to sing it, and then he they actually put it in, and then they yeah had to pay the license. That episode's pretty good. Yeah, though, one of the best. Where he uh, he marks uh, marks the girls. <laughs> that's racist now well speaking of taking so 30 rock had an episode that they had taken out um where they did blackface it was their live episode and our uh, compatriot who is now on spotify our neighbor on spotify over here joe rogan yeah next to us if you yeah um has had some of his episodes on Spotify haven't shown up. Now, some of them are obvious, right? Chris D'Elia. Um, but do, but is that him. is that coming from Joe? Is that coming from Spotify? Uh, it, I is don't Joe know. It hasn't really. I don't think so. I mean, he's got 100 million reasons to not comment on it. Um, but, yeah, specifically, so Chris D'Elia, which makes sense, right? He was the comedian who it wasn't funny to begin with, but... He's basically like this generation's Dane Cook, but uh, also was uh, accused of sexual misconduct with underage women. Um, but then some of them with far right figures and conspiracy theorists, including Alex Jones from InfoWars, uh, David Seaman, who had an Owen Benjamin. I'm not super familiar with them. Um, Proud Boys founder Gavin McInnes. Who's the co-founder of and Vice? And one with Tommy Chong. 
Um, and the funniest one is I didn't know about this. So, uh, Michaela Peterson, daughter daughter. of the controversial, yeah, uh, founder of the absurd lion diet. Yeah, she's that's Uh, a weird podcast to listen to. I've listened to her, her and Joe just because I love Jordan (laughs) Peterson. You say controversial, but like he's super common sense. Which is controversial. Yeah, like he he's, I don't know, I, he, what brought him to fame was, you know, he was a professor in Canada, and the school was going to make him use, like, dem, that was going to be part of the, con, whatever, use preferred pronouns. And he was against that. But he was not against, like, if you were transgender and you said, hey, Dr. Peterson, can you call me she her or whatever he's like, i'm cool with that i'm just not cool with being told i have to and then so he gets mm-hmm. fired writes books good tours the country with dave rubin you know who's a strong libertarian it's crazy craziness so the lion diet is exactly what you would think it is you have to run out catch small animals <laughs> eat them raw consists solely of ruminant beef Ruminant meat, beef, lamb, goat, etc. You can also have salt and water. Yeah, she says it cure, cured which, like whatever sickness she had. Which knowing Joe Rogan, that's right up his alley, right? I, He's always talking yeah, about elk. Have you ever seen the uh, where people <laughs> they make they like force like a computer to listen to like thousands of hours of Joe Rogan, and then they make it write an episode. No, it's all about elk meat and DMT. Yes. <laughs> you you got to look those up. I'm only like a casual. I've only listened to maybe if, and we've talked about this too. Um, we, t- we probably talk about Joe Rogan too much, but I've only listened to like a few episodes of, of his uh, show slash podcast. And even I thought it was hilarious, not even really knowing what, uh, what he really talks about. Um, but you, you kind of get the gist. Um. But yeah, since you went on, this was a good week. On that, I didn't get to even tell you what I've been watching. Oh yeah, what do you? What, yeah, been watching alone or what? What is that? What it's called? No, I finished the Outsider, oh. which is a Stephen King short story. I think made into a uh, series on HBO. Super good. That's yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. Mostly because when I was growing up, like those movies were super dumb. Yeah, uh, I feel like they've gotten better. Yeah, but it was the eighties, you know. I think he's taken, he's been taken more seriously in the past like handful of years. Like people in general, like with like once people started taking like comic book movies seriously, mm-hmm. then you know treated it as like not a joke then I think it kind of took off. People see through that kind of, you know, when, you, when you're when you making a joke out of something, even if it's not, you're not outwardly saying this is a joke movie. Are you a comic book movie fan? Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of them, but I'm not like... Are you DC or Marvel? Into it. Oh, definitely Marvel. Yeah. Well, but I'm a big... I, lo- I love Batman. Yeah, that's the exception. That's the yeah. exception. Um, 
So yeah, I've watched The Outsider. I watch. I'm a huge Trailer Park Boys fan, and there's no shortage of dumb dumb shit to watch when it comes to the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Is Donnie Baker from Trailer Park Boys? No, What's he? From? He's from Bob and Tom, the Bob and Tom Show. Oh, he's gonna be in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Ron Sexton. I saw him when I was running. Yeah. He also voices the uh, Tony Soprano on the show. But he spun, <laughs> he spun, you know, being a random call-in guy to the Bob and Tom show to a, like, he sells out every show he does in Lexington. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And he's, I mean, he's funny, but. um, Yeah, and then my, you know, the old faithful's the office, and uh, I like, so there's an animated series called Paradise PD, and it is horrible. It is filthy obscene. And it makes me laugh so hard. And my wife just shakes her head at me. <laughs> but there's just something about that. When you know, when you, it's obscene just to, to be obscene. Like how much shock. And- yeah. I tried to watch, um, oh, what's the show? Uh, Jake Johnson is actually the voice and it's on Netflix. Big Mouth? No. It's a newer Oops. show. I don't know. Yes, oops. I think that's what it's yeah. called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just obscene to be obscene. Yeah. Um, I love that. It was it, pretty hoops. It yeah. makes me makes me laugh. Like, <laughs> I have that dark sense of humor. I tried to watch like half an episode of that, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't do Why? it." Why, pussy? <laughs> I, I don't know. Just seeing Jake Johnson as uh, I always think of him as his character from New Girl, Nick. He's so wholesome. Nah. I can't imagine him cussing. Um. So yeah, that's it. That's All the right. week. I'll watch more shows this week. Watch more funny shows. Yeah, something. let's let's pick a show to dissect. Like we don't have a shortage of things to talk about in the hour that we're allotted. Joe yeah, Rogan. We're already Joe over. Rogan gets six hours so. a week, six hours of podcast. I know, and he gets time on our show yeah. too. And he had fucking Miley Cyrus on yesterday. Oh man! Which my daughter's been rewatching Hannah Montana, so brutal. All right. If you made it this far, you know what to do. Some more beer. Like, subscribe, comment, rate. Do before we go. Let me check the. Tell them where we can find all all of our stuff at David. While I look to see if we got any new. MMAMcKinney dot com. Like us wherever you listen to us, whichever podcast player you like. Uh, give us a like, a subscribe, um, comment, follow us on Instagram, Beers Beards Podcast, Twitter, we're on Facebook, everywhere. Tumblr. I always forget we tell people we forget to tell people at the beginning who we are. What we're really bad about? What's that. the What's the one that you that Twitter bought out? That's no more. That like one of the early video platforms. Oh. uh... That was like 10 second yeah. videos. I forget. We need to get on there though. Who knows? We're on uh, Google uh, Google Plus. Yeah, Google Plus is gone. Circle us or whatever it's called. <laughs> all right, until next week, we love you all. Stay safe out there. Uh, and that's it. Goodbye. Have a good weekend.